0: Hey, Magic fans, Dante Marcatelli here from the Orlando Magic. You're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Paul, Garen, and Mikey. Go Magic!
1: What's up, Magic fans? I'm Mikey, and welcome to this week's uh, second episode of Penny for Your Thoughts, the Orlando Magic UK podcast. Uh, as always, I'm joined by our friend from the Valleys, Geraint. Evening, pal. How are we?
2: Very well, thank you, mate. Quick turnaround from last uh,
1: last episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're squeezing them in this week. And uh, unfortunately, Paul's not with us today. He's... Uh, shaking off the effects of a, hango- a hangover sorry no <laughs> a migraine I wish it was a hangover that'd be more funny but uh no he's got a he's suffering from a migraine bless him so hopefully Paul feels a bit better soon but uh, we've got Gary stepping in Paul's shoes this evening mate how are you pal uh very fresh got a bigger and uh ready for this Mikey how are you yeah I'm good mate thank you all good, good. all good Good stuff. And uh this week we are excited to be joined by a uh, first time guest on the show. Uh he's the uh beat writer for the Orlando Sentinel, uh Kobe Price. How are you, Kobe? Thanks for joining us, mate.
3: Appreciate you guys having me on. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? All good, all
1: Absolutely good. Awesome. Absolutely. So before we uh get started, Kobe, could you give us a little bit of insight um how you became the beat writer for the Sentinel and how you got the job covering the magic.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so I guess before before I joined the magic, uh, joined the Sentinel covering the magic, I was the beat writer for the Miami Hurricanes down at the South Florida Sun Sentinel, you know, yeah, uh, sibling paper. So there was, I guess, a familiarity with me between the papers and who I am, my work, etc. So <clears throat> I was made aware about the job. It was gonna be open or it was open um and from there i applied i got in touch with the editors and interviewed a few times they i guess they liked me and they, they wanted to bring me on to, to cover the magic and the, you know this is happening you know throughout i would say throughout november i would say yeah. by mid-november i knew i, I was going to you know come down to orlando to cover the steam <laughs> and by december 1st the first day i uh, i was
1: down here awesome Good stuff. Well, we're pleased to have you on board. Um, so how did you get into journalism and covering sports? How did that start for you?
3: Yeah, I got into journalism during college. It was after my second year in college. I wasn't really sure what I was trying to do. I knew I wanted to stick around sports, to in sports. So I wasn't sure about the route to do so. I was a business student at first, and that was not working out for me. So I need to find something else to, I guess, latch onto. And so. In between the summer of my second year, my third year in college, I did an internship, excuse me, uh, with the uh, website called iSportsWeb. No longer exists now. I don't know if that's a blessing okay. for me or a curse because you guys can't <laughs> read my old crappy stuff.
1: So I've got a lot of crappy
3: stuff, but not a whole lot of old, old crappy stuff. The beginning, right? So, and from there, I really love the writing. Um, it was just like a sports blogging site. So I really love the writing. I really love the research and all of it. So from there, I stuck with it. I uh, worked at my student newspaper for a couple of years during my last two years in college, did a couple of internships uh, my last couple of years in college. and, And then I worked at the South Florida Sun Sentinel for two years before coming to Orlando. So it really started that summer after my second year of college and I just stuck with it. And here we are a few years later.
1: Awesome. And how's the first, what has it been, six, seven weeks since you uh, stepped in to cover the Magic? How's, how's that been for you?
3: Yeah, it's crazy to say it has been six, seven weeks. Uh, it, it's, it's been great. It's, it's it's a learning experience more than anything else, at least for me. Uh, I, this is what I, Covering an NBA team was what I wanted to do since I started the journalism journey. Uh, so for me, this is giving me pretty much everything I've wanted and more. Still just adjusting, learning, trying to get into the groove of things, trying to get the hang of it, especially mid-season. You know, you're jumping right into it. So
1: yeah.
3: definitely learning experience, but definitely experience that I'm appreciating and just blessed to you know blessed to have.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, we got some more questions. We're going to fire fire at you a little bit later in the show, but uh, oh, yeah, sure. we want to we want to pick your brains a little bit on a few topics as we go through. But we'll start with uh, recapping uh, the last couple of games. So on Monday, the Magic faced Portland Trailblazers uh, in what was I think you guys would probably agree a pretty poor performance, pretty lacklustre. Um, it was, it was difficult to watch. Uh, the magic lost by 10 at 98 to 88. Um, the blazers were without uh, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum made his return. Uh, there was big nights for uh, players like Yusuf Nurkic who had his way um, against Robin Lopez. But um yeah, the Magic lost on Monday. Then they played the Philadelphia 76ers on Wednesday night uh, in what was probably one of the best first halves of the season. Uh, we'll get we'll get into that a little bit more in a minute. But uh, the Magic went on to lose 123 to 110. They had a 10-point half halftime lead. Uh, and then Joel Embiid decided to uh, step up another gear or two in the second half and uh, tied his career high with 50 points. Yeah. Um, On top of that, uh, this week, uh, Magic head coach Jamal Mosley and assistant coach Nate Tibbetts both entered NBA health and safety protocols uh, and they've missed the last couple of games. So I think they'll be out for a couple more before they're back. Uh, We saw RJ Hampton and Terence Ross both leave last night's game with injuries. Uh, I think we're all pretty... Worried when we saw RJ go down in, in the fourth quarter towards the end there, where I think he I think his leg slipped and he fell awkwardly. And I think his his knee sort of bent <laughs> bent the wrong way is probably the best way to put it. But uh I think we're still waiting on news. I think Kobe's still waiting on news on that as well. But uh hopefully it's good news for RJ and we don't see him out for too long. Um apart from that, Mark L. Foltz, Jonathan Isaac, Michael Carter Williams. Eat one Moore and Wendell Carter all remain listed as out, um, but Wendell did, was a game-time decision last night in Philly, so hopefully it's not too long uh, before we see him return. But uh, first first thing to talk about, because we're not going to dwell on two more losses because they're, they're racking up as the season's gone on and we're just going to keep repeating the same thing, uh, but let's talk about Mo Bamba first, who had a career-high 32 points, four rebounds and three blocks. He was seven for eight from the three-point line. Uh, He finished with 28 points in the first half after, and and he finished the first half of that crazy sequence where he had three blocks in three defensive possessions, and he was knocking down shots all over the three-point line. Um, So, guys, I'm going to go to Kobe first. How do you feel about Mo Bamba? Um, I know there's been reports that the Magic might be shopping him for a first-round pick. We're going to talk about trades a little bit later on. Um, But how do you assess... Moe's performance, not just last night, but what you've seen from him since you've been covering the team back in December?
3: Yeah, I've been encouraged by Mo's, yeah, but yeah, I've been Thank encouraged you. by Mo's performance, uh, you know, this, the past, what, six, seven weeks mm-hmm. that I've been around, at least, you know, the concern, and even before, you know, I took over this, I understood, you know, the concern or the thought was, you know. Mo has these moments, but he's also been very limited in terms of his playing time as a player, you know, the first few years of it, first few years of his career. So what would he look like? you know, instead of playing 16, 17 minutes a of knife off the bench, what would he look like playing, you know, somewhere around 28, 29, 30 minutes as a starter? And for the most part, I mean, can can improvements be made? Absolutely. Can the consistent be um, be improved? Absolutely. But it is encouraging that you do see moments like last night where he can uh, ratchet it up and just give you a performance where you're like, wow, a that's new what you home can be. And
1: new projects.
3: <laughs> ah, that's what you can be as a uh, my bad about that. As you can That's be- all right. It's good. From the center position. So encouraging. I mean, you know, we all we know he has the shooting touch, right? We know what you know, his length, his size, we know he can be a rim deterrent. It's about for him putting <clears throat> Those skills, those rare skills together as, you know, as a guy as big as him together consistently on a nightly basis, on a weekly basis. So even if you're not putting up, you know, 32 and three blocks every night, your presence is is more. That's more so about him. Your presence is felt on a nightly basis, um, game to game. And I think that's the big thing about Mo. And the one thing I've also been encouraged about overall in the season is that he he's positioned himself defensively uh, better better throughout the year. He's not, you know, falling in that position like he did in previous seasons. He is starting to catch up to the mental, I guess, the more mental positional side of the game as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. G, what are you uh, seeing from uh... Yeah, that's
2: good analysis from Kobe there. Um, the beginning of the season, it, it did feel like he, you know, had had the shackles uh, removed from him from, uh, you know, his time uh, playing under coach Clifford um, and I was very encouraged. I was, the last, two weeks, possibly seeing a couple of nights where the effort for me wasn't there. A um, couple of examples, it was a possession right at the end of the first half against the Blazers where he just lobbed it out, he didn't sort of communicate with Cole very well um, and he looked a little bit disinterested. Um, so I, we were messaging in, in the WhatsApp group that we've got and I'm like, oh God, I don't know if I'm done with him or what but I've always been Team Mo Bamba and mm. I'd prefer... Preferred at the beginning of the season, we'd given the extension to him over Wendell Carter Jr. But Wendell's obviously proved himself, you know, to be worthy of that extension. Um, and then, of course, last night happened, and he um, he erupted that that second quarter uh, it was beautiful to watch. Uh, it's just a shame we didn't sort of feed him anymore in, in the second half. He might have got shot two, two, three shots. Mm. Um, whereas the Sixers, you know, went to Embiid all the time. Uh, maybe perhaps we should have been trying to, you know, more pick and rolls with him, just getting him some looks. Everything he was putting up was um, was falling. So it was very encouraging to see and we know he's capable of doing it. As Kobe's mentioned, his his main skill set is the ability to knock the three from outside, um, rim protection. Um, you just want to see him almost beef up a little bit because it does feel like, you know, it's a skinny kid in the playground when he's going up against Joel Embiid, but, you know, Embiid's a superstar. So, um, very encouraging, um, especially with last night's performance. So, I've not given up on him just yet.
1: Fair one. Well, he was 10 for 13 from the field in the first half and two of two in the second half. And it was a bit odd why they didn't go back to him early. Um, but... I think some of that would have been the sixes with a game plan to to that in the second half mm-hmm. to try and stop him getting those attempts out um, on three-point line. Gary, what did you see? I know you've uh, just seen some highlights because you've snowed under with work, pal, but what yeah, this, are you seeing from Mo this year? Yeah, this week's been an interesting
0: one, Mikey, but um, I think with Mo, we're getting these flashes of where we see what he can be. So, particularly the first half last night, we, we're seeing... like this is what we could have. And I think we've got to see as long a view as possible at this more Bamba and see what he offers. Um I think Kobe made a really good point as well about his playing time. And on paper, he's a, he's a four-year pro. But in terms of experience and game time, he's probably a two-year pro. Mm. So we're, we're probably looking really like in court time and experience a guy who's somewhere in his second season. So... I, there is still time for him and I think when he when he can do what he did last night, it gives you that hope that it, it could be with Orlando and I, I really hope it is. But I would agree with what G said as well. Um, I wouldn't measure him so much against Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid, for me, is the best centre in the league, even ahead of Jogic. But um, that's when we play the likes of Montrezl Harrell. I just kind of, I would like them to have that little bit more strength because whenever I see Montrezl Harrell lining up against us, I'm just cringing and waiting for it to happen. So just, <laughs> but I am encouraged there is enough there where you can go, it isn't over for more. I think there's a lot of potential still. So we've just got to, I think, ride it out really.
1: I'm, I'm going to play oh, well. devil's advocate. Does, does this feel like a typical Aaron Gordon game that we saw in the last few years? Where he has <laughs> those, those odd games where he goes off on one and you're thinking, A.G. might still be that player. Or do you think we could see this more consistently for Mo?
2: I think he needs to develop a post-game. Um, you saw him backing down a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if he was backing down Tyler Hero. And um, I can't remember if he made the shot or not, but he didn't look comfortable. Now, he's got the size and he should be able to do that. You look at Nick Vucevic when he joined us and, you know, he had all the opportunity. And he worked on his post-game and and he was, you know, his footwork was brilliant to back people down, make the pass. Um, so you just want to see a little bit more from Mo in terms of developing his game, because when he does have the big games, is the, he's knocking down the threes, isn't he? Yeah. As opposed to the post-game. I know the league's changing and you know a lot more uh, is reliant on the threes, but you just want to see a bit of variation, perhaps.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll talk about the trade season, because that's fast approaching in the next few weeks. But uh, one more thing that we didn't cover on Monday's episode was the... Uh, The Magic announcing that they've signed Jeff Weltman and John Hammond, the president of Basketball Ops and the general manager, to contract extensions through till 25, 26, I think. Um, So what do you guys think about the results that Weltman and Hammond have produced since 2017? I know we've obviously made the playoffs two years. Uh, We've traded for the likes of Markel Fultz, Wendell, Carter Jr., RJ Hampton... Uh, I, I think they've been pretty successful in the draft. Jonathan Isaac Mobamba, Chuma Okiki, Cole Anthony, and obviously this year we had Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner. But overall, are you guys happy with the extensions? And do you guys think they're they're still the guys that we should be leading us forwards? I'll go to Gary first. Personally, it. it made my day when I saw that news. Um I could give you a number
0: of reasons, but the two I'm going to go with, um, the first one is their remit was to get us back to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And they did it. Um, And the second one, I think the draft this year, like I could talk about other draft picks, but the draft this year where we had the two picks, we didn't expect Mm -hmm. so to slide. So if we look at who they actually really put their time and focus into scouting, it was Wagner. And allegedly they said, you know, he's our, he's our guy with the number eight pick, number eight pick. And I think they pick him up when, you know, there was a lot of debate and discussion, what was the best pick there tells you a lot about their uh, draft insights and uh, their scouting. And if, if we're going to be with a high pick again this year and potentially next, uh, they're the two guys I would want calling the shots on the draft yeah. picks.
1: Yeah. Kobe, what's your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, looking back as far as 2017, you know they've delivered on what they I guess set out from back then and now they've obviously put themselves in a position to have a rebuild which you want them the tricky part about that is that you want them to be steering that like that's how I think that's actually what you're going to judge the most for mm-hmm. their tenure whether it's until whatever their contracts end or if even beyond that how they navigate the team out of what it was before which let's be honest is like more of them Period of mediocrity. You weren't going to get that high. You weren't going to get that low. So you got yourself out of that position. You know, you got the playoffs a couple of times. That's a good, good feeling. But now you're saying, all right, we got that. We need to aim higher. But to get aim higher, we need to rebuild the uh, the foundation. And you want the people who are breaking it down to build it back up. You want that same vision, ideally. And then you can judge them for how they build uh, build back up. I mean, and you can be encouraged by how they draft, how they've drafted. You you listed uh, list off the names of the guys who who they have drafted, and it's you know up to this point has been encouraging. Obviously, we need to see more from a couple of these guys because uh, their careers are so young. They're so all, a lot of these guys are just so young too, but there are encouraging parts of it and parts that need to be improved, of course. But um, it, it makes sense to extend them when they did, just because you know you committed to the rebuild last year and you want to see it through.
1: Yeah, G.
2: Yeah, just echo what the guy said. Um, it's very difficult to to hit on you know most draft picks and drafting Isaac Bambrough, Kiki Anthony Suggs and Wagner, there isn't really a, a bad one that hasn't panned out like what we had in years previous, you know, when we drafted Hazonia Nicholson. Um, you look at like Daniel Orton back in, I can't remember when it was, 20, 2012 or something like that. Not in the league anymore. Fran Vasquez didn't even come over. Um, the old regime, you know, they had a couple of good picks. Oladipo went two, AG went four. They weren't superstars, but you had the, you know, the high picks. Obviously, Redick was a decent pick back in 2007, I think it was. Um, and they haven't really lost out on a trade, I don't think. Like you mentioned, Mikey, you know, getting faults for Simmons was uh, low risk. Um, and then, obviously, flipping Vucevic, Gordon and Fournier last year, Uh Proves to be the right thing as it stands. Um, yeah. and you look at that Chicago trade now, you know, would Chicago trade Vucevic to us for Wendell and Franz Wagner? Of course they would. So well, I, I think they would anyway, because they've got a, a higher ceiling and they're putting up decent stats. But interestingly, as well, they haven't had to give away any picks, have they? And right. they've managed to get a lot more uh, going forward. So there's a couple of first rounders coming in 2023 from Chicago or 24, 25 from Denver. And then you've got an array of um, second round picks between 25 and 27 from Boston, Detroit, and Milwaukee. So you've got to be very happy with the job they've done. They've uh, sorted out the mess that the Hennigan uh, regime got us into basically. And, And it's going to take a few years just to reset um, and also the free agent signings, you know, bringing people in like uh, Robin Lopez, been very good for the development of um, Wendell, Mo, etc. cetera. Moritz um, uh, uh, Wagner as well. You know, that's obviously played a, a part in France's, um being comfortable in Orlando and being able to thrive. Um, and, you know, we picked up on Moritz on Monday, um, how we love his game and what he brings to the table. So, um, no, very, very happy.
1: Absolutely. Okay, right, G, do you want us to kick off the uh, guest section, pal?
2: Yeah, of course, mate. Um, hold on. So, Kobe, <laughs> um, tell us about your background as in as a, uh, your sports fandom. Uh, growing up, who did you support uh, and who do you still support?
3: Yeah, so still supporting now is kind of tough just because of, I guess, the position I'm in. Um, but growing up, I guess I'll focus more so on the NBA since, you know, we're talking about the magic. I was a big Bulls fan. I I guess pull back the curtain. I grew up in Chicago and Chicagoland area. So my Bulls teams are the, the, uh, the baby Bulls, Kirk Heinrich, Ben Gordon, Luol Deng, okay. et cetera. And then transitioning to like peak fandom for me would have been the Derrick Rose, Joe Noah, Luol Deng, young Jimmy Butler, uh, Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie Brewer, Uh, Ben Gordon was still like On the one of the teams That like They went to I think they went to the playoffs with like It was maybe Like Derrick's rookie season And Ben Gordon was there Still Which to me Ben Gordon I tell people He was my first favorite player Uh, NBA player at least Uh, Or at least one of them Um, So yeah I was a big Bulls fan uh, Growing up That that was my team Yeah
2: How about the NFL And the other American sports Was it Bears and
3: I grew up a Patriots fan uh, I got into football uh, when I was uh, like, yeah, I actually got into football, I think before I even got to basketball like that. And we lived in Boston at the time. So that's like, I became a Patriots fan when we lived in Boston. And then when I moved to Chicago, when I moved to Chicago, I still stuck with uh, the Patriots because I mean, let's be honest. There, there was very little for me as a young kid to be inspired with by the Bears, so it wasn't like I was going to become a Bears fan. It was like, <laughs> oh, look at this! I have this great young QB I can be a fan of as a kid, or I can have whatever poo-poo platter quarterback the Bears were trying to throw out there when I was whatever five six. I remember who the quarterback of the Bears was at the time. Uh, I think Rex Rooks- Grossman. Jay-, was- Jay Cutler was that? No, was that so Jay Cutler so it was a bit later. later. Yeah, I was later. Like, Jake, t- I was, Yeah, you know, Jake Culler was later. I was about to say, Rex Grossman, he may I, like, I remember him being the quarterback when I was, like, a preteen. I don't know if he was a quarterback when I was, like, five, six. I don't think it was Daniel Orton. It was just, it's, it's always been a mess at quarterback for the Bears. So, whoever it was was probably not it. Um, but, yeah, I grew up a Bulls fan, Patriots fan. Patriots were my favorite, like, of all, like, any sport were my favorite team. To an extent, still are. Uh, so, and then I grew up a White Sox fan. Grew up on the south side. Not a Cubs fan. Cubs are the north side.
2: We don't we don't like the Cubs where I'm from. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> so, have you had a chat with Dante about the Patriots? Yeah,
3: you, I actually have not. Uh, well, have we? No, I actually have not. Uh, chat I would not say about the Patriots. I have not. I don't believe we have.
2: But yeah. No. So, uh, you're, so you're obviously wanting the Bucks to win the, the Super Bowl, yeah?
3: Yeah, I absolutely am, and you know what? Let me, this is. I'm glad you that. This is I'm every glad week,
1: asked, Kobe. <laughs> I'm
3: glad you asked that because people be like, "Oh, how are you going to associate for Tom Brady?" Even though he left you guys, absolutely, that man brought me like 20 great years of childhood from like four slash five to whatever 23. I'm not gonna turn my back on him because he, you know, because he would decide to go somewhere else. He 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 brought more happiness than you know a lot of other people have brought to their NFL team. So I'm. I'm cheer for him, even if he's in Tampa.
2: Yeah, he's bringing us happiness at the moment as well. So happy days. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: need actually, to get you a soccer team. What'd you say? We need to get you a soccer team.
3: So I actually covered MLS out uh, before I moved uh, to cover the Miami Hurricanes. I covered it near my inner Miami okay. for a season and a half. Uh, but yeah,
2: if you, you, got po- a, you poor man.
3: <laughs> oh man! Like I said, if you guys want to give me a team, uh, team abroad, just I'm I'm open for applications. Just Sunderland.
2: Don't don't listen to Mikey. Whatever you do,
3: um, so you, Sunderland. I think Lewis Morgan played there. I'm
0: pretty sure he did. He did. Yeah. He's on a on net, if you go on Netflix, Sunderland till I die.
3: Yeah. Exactly. There we go. Yep. There we go. There we go. So maybe, so that's the application. Like you already threw in, there we go. There we go, Gary. You threw in an uh, uh, application into my into my portal.
0: There we go. Kobe, Kobe, when when I'm next in Orlando, if you are committing to Sunderland, I will 100% bring you a Sunderland jersey.
3: All right, see, I need to, see, that does sound nice. So maybe I'll need, maybe the applications are closed. They're, that's my team right there. <laughs>
0: <They're>
1: bad. <laughs> gee, you're not going to let by the way. <laughs> gee, <laughs> gee, you staking a claim for Cardiff City? Well, no, we're in the lower leagues. Well, as a Sunderland, wake. actually. So,
2: um, no, you're welcome to join, uh, you know, to support the best team in Wales. But um, I'm, I'm sure you're probably happy with Sunderland now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like I said, the applications, like I said, we have time, right? When, when do I need to have it? I, have, I need to have like a deadline. And like maybe like April, right? <laughs> is, that, is that a good time? April 30th? Yeah.
0: Send it gonna... the all applications. Yeah. Letter. I'm going to boot my flights tonight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Well, Kobe, you've had a uh, change in the subject of football back to the Magic quickly. Uh, you had Magic fans salivating the last few weeks with some of the videos you've hmm. posting on on Twitter with uh, somebody called Marco Foltz posting jump shots in practice and, and shoot-arounds. What can you tell us about the returns of Foltz and Isaac? How close do you think they are to coming back?
3: Uh, so I guess I'll start off with both of them. I'm pretty confident saying they'll both be coming back this season. I don't know how often that's said, but I'm confident saying it'll be this season. Fultz will be coming back before Isaac. How far in advance? I'm not entirely sure. Um, because with Fultz, I mean, he's been doing contacts. Uh, he's been doing contact work. He's been doing, uh, you know, he's been practicing. He's been on shoot arounds. So he's much further along. I think for them, it's just figuring out the right date. Um, but, there's still not a determined timeline. And Even when he does come back, I don't think he's going to be, you know, he's not going to be playing his, you know, big minutes like he was before. It's going to be, you know, easy and back in since it is a pretty significant injury with Jonathan, you know, it's going to be further down the line. I, I would, you know, he hasn't even started contact work yet. So I'm not saying he's going to be right after this, but I would not expect him to come back any earlier than like maybe March. I'm not expecting to be back in okay. February. That's just me. That's more speculation than information, but it's also speculation based off what we've seen before with other guys.
1: Fair enough. That's fair.
3: And with how slowly they've played this. So I wouldn't... If that's, it, so that's the earliest I would expect them back.
0: So, so, Kobe, if you were looking at our current roster now and all these young guys we've got, who would you say is the most likely player to become an All-Star?
3: Who? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys... Yeah, um, when you say that at the top of my head, I'm leaning Cole. Mm-hmm. It's between, for me, it's honestly between Cole and Franz. Uh, and I say Cole because I can see the skill set, um, especially as a guard, is, is, I think the path to becoming an all-star is very tangible, like very, very tangible. Not to say it's not for Franz, but I could definitely see him getting to that uh, point. We've just seen it from, even from last year to this year. You know, yep. there is questions about whether, you know, Can he be a true lead guard? You know, can he truly lift an offense up? And I think some of that is just going to have to see, you know, as he continues to progress. But it's between those two. Um, I lean Cole right now, but if you ask me, like, next week, I may say Franz. It's really between those two. But I'm going to say Cole right now.
1: I would 100% agree. Yeah. and Cole's in a bit of a slump at the moment since he's returned from his injury. But I don't know what you guys think. I think a big part of that is Wendell not playing setting those big screens out on the perimeter to to help him create that space. Do you guys agree? I think he's forcing shots up that he probably wouldn't take if Wendell was out on the floor. Yep, absolutely.
3: Yeah, Yeah. Wendell's absence is definitely felt uh, on both ends, but especially as someone who can help help set Cole up, help, help open up space too.
2: Yep. Yeah, um, so with the trade lo- uh, trade deadline um, looming, Kobe, do you believe the magic will be active come the trade trade deadline, or do you think we need to evaluate a healthy roster um, before we actually realize what we've got?
3: Uh I, I think I think we both can be true. I think both are true. However, I don't think the evaluation is going to stop the team from when I'm when when I'm I'm going to say be active. What I mean be active is take and receive calls. Um, I think you know we can look at a few guys on this roster who make sense in terms of a trades, and I would imagine we would talk about that in a little bit. But between you know Gary, Terrence, Robin, Mo, etc., like the positions they're in, uh, from a contract standpoint, they all make sense as trade targets. Uh, so they're still going to evaluate who they have and you know how the pieces fit together but i don't think that's going to stop them from being i guess inactive. i don't think like they're going to be inactive. it may not be like last year where just like oh my gosh, they're making all these these franchise altering trades, but i would expect some kind of even if there's not movement, like i could see them standing pat with everything, i would at least expect them to be, you know, some activity levels from a conversation standpoint. Mm-hmm.
0: Could you see Gary Harris um particularly after the way he's played in the, like the last 25 games, could you see him returning this offseason or do you think he Do you think you should make it past the trade deadline with us?
3: I could see him. I mean, like if the Magic don't get what they uh, what they're seeking out for Gary, I I could see them saying, you know, we're going to bring this guy back. He's uh, he's. Oh, sorry, he's been a solid veteran uh, for us, especially you know these past what twenty plus games, twenty five games. Solid veteran. He's still you know. He's still young. I think he's like 27, 28. So it's not like he's in his early to mid-30s. He's about to get phased out. He still isn't at the prime of his career. So I could see him possibly coming back next year and maybe they reevaluate the trade scenarios because that's the thing. It's all fluid, right? You know, Maybe they're like, look, you can always do a sign-in trade. You could always sign a guy with the thought of, we're going to revisit these discussions next trade deadline when you know you're on a longer deal and teams may want you for longer like there's it's always continues uh, a continuous part of all these discussions but yeah I wouldn't rule out Gary either coming back or at least you know some kind of some uh, mechanism being worked out during the off season for him awesome yep.
1: well it's a big three weeks till the trade deadline three weeks today the uh, 10th of February it's 8 o'clock for us in the UK um Are you guys expecting any blockbuster deals, whether it's magic related, non magic related? Is there any names you expect to get dealt between now and then? What do you reckon, Kobe?
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, outside them, I mean, I'll take a look outside the magic because I don't think they're going to make true blockbuster deals. I don't think they're. But even outside the magic, I mean, the big one is Ben Simmons. Uh, Just see what happens with him. I don't expect at least as of what I know right now, I don't expect them to get traded. Uh, I think they're truly gonna you know go into the offseason with that situation.
1: Okay. What about what about the, the Lakers? uh I saw JJ Reddick calling them out as that they're all past it the other day, <laughs> which uh, went down quite well. Do you think they gotta Love make it. a move?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine they would make some moves, uh, but I don't think there's going to be any blockbuster moves. I do believe that Anthony Davis, LeBron, and even Russell Westbrook are going to be on this team post trade deadline. So that limits what you can do in terms of who you can acquire. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know they've been tied to Jeremy Grant, but that's like, – why would the Pistons do that? You know, Who who are you going to give them that makes it worth their while? And it's not like they have a whole lot of draft capital. It's not like they have a whole lot of, you know, you have Taylor Horton Tucker, who I personally like and I think he could do well um, in the league, but I'm not sure how much the Pistons want to trade Jeremy Grant for a pack surrounding Taylor Horton Tucker.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: agree. It does feel that the Lakers overvalue players. Taylor Horton Tucker, he ain't all that, is he? Come on. You know, you're not going to get a Jeremy Grant for him. I'm sorry. I think they're deluded.
0: So that's just me. I think the Lakers will fire Vogel. I think that'll be the move. Okay. Interesting. But I don't see any other way. Like nobody's going to take Westbrook's contract. And I'd, what else would you do? And I think that's the, like Magic Johnson was calling it out on a Twitter recently. I think it was, he called out like the, the organisation. I think that we'll
1: do something, but I think it'll be the coach that changes. Yeah. Yeah. Could be right. Could be right. Well, it's going to be, an interesting three weeks before before the trade deadline. But uh, Kobe, we appreciate you uh, spending some time with us this afternoon. Thank you for joining us.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me uh, having me on. We definitely have to do this another time. This is great.
1: Uh, absolutely, and uh, maybe after the deadline, when uh, everything's gone down, we could have you back on at some point before the end of the season. Absolutely, hundred awesome. percent. Good stuff. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Okay. Right. On to our predictions for this week, or the predictions just gone, shall we say? So the Magic played twice that we uh, recapped earlier in the episode since our last episode. The Magic went 0 2. Uh, Paul, G, myself, and Hank all went 1 1. So we were all wrong this week. So nothing's changed in the uh, win loss column but never mind we move on to this week so uh we record our next episode next saturday the 29th of january uh, the magic are about to start a five game home stand uh, four of those games are went uh, before we record next next week uh, starting with friday against those lakers who are 22 and 23 uh they've lost oh, sorry they've they're 5 and 5 in their last uh, 10 games that's a midnight tip off on friday night uh, then we have got the Chicago Bulls on Sunday, an eleven o'clock tip-off. Uh, they still lead the Eastern Conference with a twenty-eight and fifteen record. Uh, they have also only won five of the last ten games as well. Uh, but they've started to get a few players back, like Alex Caruso, I think, returned for the Bulls last night. Uh, then we've got the Lakers next Wednesday. Sorry, the Clippers next Wednesday. Uh, they're twenty-two and twenty-four. Uh, they're four and six in their last 10. Um, and then we finish with the Detroit Pistons next Friday night. Uh, they are 11 and 33, also won five of their last 10 games. So we've got four teams coming up, boys, who uh haven't had the best run of form. They're uh, they're 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 going they're going uh, 500 at the moment. So, uh, what do we reckon to this week? We have got three midnight tip offs, and we have got an eleven o'clock tip off on on Sunday against the Bulls. What I would be five
2: hundred. Um, I'd love to be five hundred right now. Um, right, do I go with my head or do I go with hat with my heart? Um, right, this, the predictions is on. So, are you going to see what Paul said first?
1: No, I'm going to go to you first this week, G. Right. Because okay. You jumped straight go... in there. I didn't even give you the option.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, I want to say two and two, but I'm going to go one and three. Um, obviously, we play my least favourite team in the whole wide world on Friday, and I'd like that to be the game that we won. Um, however, mm, we do play the Detroit Pistons, who we should beat, but we've said this twice already this season. The Bulls be difficult. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, We play the Bulls, and I can't see us beating the Bulls. The Clippers. I don't know actually. It depends if it depends if Markel comes back. For me, and then Kobe's just said he's going to be limited minutes, so
1: let's go one and
2: three. well,
1: Well, I was going to say before you nail it in there, I'll go through the injury reports for the three for the four teams, and obviously. The Pistons' game might change because it's still over a week away. But they've current. Uh, the Lakers have currently got Anthony Davis out with a knee injury, who's going to be re- evaluated next week. Uh, Sakou Dumboya is currently listed as out, as is Ken- Kendrick Nunn. So the Lakers got three players missing. Uh, the Bulls are currently without Lonzo Ball. Zach Levine's out. Uh, Javante Green, Derek Jones Jr., and Patrick Williams has been out for pretty much most of the season. The Clippers are without Kawhi, who is fairly close to returning, I think. There's been rumours that he might be back soon. Um, It'd be typical if it's against us next week. (laughs) That seems to be the the thing that happens against the Magic. Uh, Jason Preston, Paul George and Nicholas Batum are all listed as out for the Clippers. Marcus Morris, uh, one of G's favourite players, is day-to-day. And then the Detroit Pistons have Luca Garza, Frank Jackson, Jeremy Grant, and Isaiah Livers out. And Killian Hayes is listed day to day. So all three, all four teams have got a good four or five players missing at the moment, as things stand. But is any of that sway in your prediction, G? Or are you sticking with one of them A or
2: four? little bit. I didn't realise the bulls had that many out, but um no, I, I need to. I, I need to get this right this week because you're ahead of me at the moment. So I will go one and three, and I think we'll beat the Detroit Pistons. But oh. I'd like to be wrong and for us to go four and oh or three and one, and just beat the LA Lakers.
1: How many beers have you had? <laughs> three. Gary, go, on, mate. What's your prediction right. for the week? Okay, I'm going to try and
0: put a positive spin on my week this week. So I like it. <laughs> We are going to go two and two. I'm saying that, anticipating that Wendell's going to be healthy. Yeah. I think we might be the team that ends Vogel's time as Lakers coach. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to say that, but also I think Dwight's going to move into 10th on the all-time, on on this rebounding list that's going around. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think the Lakers game might be quite a big, like, landmark game. So I think we'll beat the Lakers. Um, I think we'll beat the uh, we'll lose the Bulls. Um, I think the only way we'll beat the Clippers is if the Jokic brothers decide a holiday at Disney <laughs> and uh, <laughs> puts us on <for laughs> <Marichel. laughs> uh, And I think we will just on sheer law of averages beat Detroit. So we'll go two and two. I think we'll, we'll, something's got to give there. We, we don't have to, but we can't keep losing to Detroit. So
1: two no. and two. I like, it, I
2: like it.
1: Well, I've got a short 0-4 prediction by Paul this afternoon before we jumped on. Um, ah, should I? No, I, I'm playing tactical. I'm going 0-4 as well. I've got to go different to G. Yeah.
2: Really?
1: Well... We're playing law of averages, aren't we? We should beat Detroit. <laughs> We're playing four teams this week that, who've won a minimum, uh, so, sorry, won the most out of their last 10 games is five games. So none of them have won more than five games out of their last 10. So they're teams that are going through their struggles as well with players missing. Um we're due a home game. I've been saying this, I think, for t- two or three weeks now. <laughs> we are due a home game and we've got five coming up. So, you'd like to think that we'd we'd nick at least one. But, I don't know, man, this is, get this this season, I don't know what you guys think, it's just where, it's really wearing on me now. And you think we've, luckily, we've only got 36 games left to endure. And we knew it was going to be hard. Do you know what I mean? I mean, shout out to anybody that's still watching this, <laughs> this basketball at the moment like as staying up late, staying up live to watch games knowing that you ain't likely going to win. Um, I don't know if you guys watched the Sick Man Show. I think you did earlier, G, and they were going through yeah. the stats. And I want to say the Magic have only won two games when they've scored 110 points or more. They've won more games when they've scored between like 102 and 110, which doesn't make much sense. But, I don't know, man. It's... We need, you need Cole Anthony or Franz. You need one of them to break out of this shooting slump that the two of them are in, this scoring slump. Um, Like I said, Wendell coming back, I think will be a huge boost for Cole, which we already talked about earlier in the show. But I don't know, it's it's really difficult. Like I said, the Pistons game is the one you look at and you think that's, that's the one on paper you should be winning. But we've lost both games to him this season already, haven't we?
2: Yeah, but if you start getting players back, I mean, Jalen Suggs has been back a week now. He's been very positive, you know, coming off the bench originally. (laughs) Um, I I thought our defensive intensity picked up, and he's been rewarded by, you know, being put back in the starting lineup. And Mm -hmm. what were his figures last night? 14 points, nine rebounds, five assists on five of 14 shooting. Um, You know, and it was quite a quiet um, stat line, really, wasn't it?
1: So I also also um, think. I also think with Mosley not being on the sidelines, the uh, and the sixth man show said this, and I agree with him that the energy isn't there either, the last couple of games, yeah. since he's not been on the sideline. And I think that's playing a little bit of a little part of it as well. So we need to get Mosley back. I actually think when you think Jalen Suggs kind of epitomizes the way Mosley likes his teams to play, like Suggs kind of fits that bill with his intensity. Um, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> We we need we need players back if we're going to compete. Um, so we'll see. But I, I I don't want to go the same way G does because I think you copied me last week. So <laughs> I'm going to go, I, I, I'm, I'm just just on that. I'm going to go 0 and 4 this week. All right. Okay. So uh, support today's episode and visit the official NBA Store EU by using our affiliate link in the description of the podcast. Shop the latest nba gear and orlando magic merchandise including shorts t-shirts uh the new magic city edition jerseys they're all available with international delivery uh use our code magicuk 10 at the disc uh, sorry at the checkout for 10 off your entire order or use the discount codes live on their website please note some exclusions may apply you can find all of our links on our website orlandomagicuk.com Okay, right. Magic trivia this week. So we got three weeks until the NBA trade deadline. So let's have a bit of fun with magic history at the trade deadline. Okay. So I'm going to throw a couple of trades. I'm going to throw a couple of players we acquired. and I want you to tell me what we gave away to get them. Oh okay? my gosh, I like it. All right. Okay, so in... 2004, February the 19th, 2004, the Magic acquired Deshaun Stevenson and a 2006 second round pick. Can you remember who it was for? Yeah. So, seeing as Gary said before we started recording again that he couldn't remember his code <laughs> to get into his house, let's see if he can, let's see if he can remember this one. <laughs>
0: So, Deshaun Stevenson, I'm guessing, would have been with the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. He was 2004. This is like I know we got Gordon Girichek off the Jazz. There's part of me saying, there's part of my head going, it's not, it's not this player. But I, I was going to say Joanne Howard, but it's not that player. No, it's not.
2: No, no. you said you said the players. Gordon you've already Girichick, said uh, it.
0: We got, Gordon Girichek. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got
2: Girichek off the Memphis Grizzlies for yeah, we did. Uh, Mike Miller. Yeah, and we got, also got Drew yeah. Gooden. So yeah, Girichek's
0: yeah. the answer. Yeah, can't even remember how it's was called in my alarm this week.
1: <laughs> that, <laughs> right, this one like I said. These are all in random orders. I'm just throwing them at you. Okay, 24th of February 2000, the Magic acquired Anthony Johnson from the Atlanta Hawks in exchange for, can you tell me what they got in return?
2: In 2000? Oh my gosh. That's a tough one, mate. In 2000? I can barely remember the team in 2000. Is that like Armand Gilliam or Chris Gatling?
1: No.
2: What position yeah. was
1: he? Uh, didn't didn't play. Huh. You, you, this you this, this 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 asset oh. can't play.
2: <laughs> was it Chauncey Billups? No, no, that was the year before.
1: It was, it was a second round pick and a trade player exception. <laughs> it wasn't right. even a player. i just there. You go. I just sort <laughs> of throw a bogey one in there. Okay. You're so, on that, all I think I, I, I literally just just found this just now. There we go. Uh, right, this is a big trade because this made a uh, quite a historical difference in two thousand and nine, February nineteenth. Magic acquired for Alston. Can you tell me who they gave up to get Rafe Olston? Oh God. It's, all right, there's three players. Mm -hmm. and there was a first round pick so I'll throw the pick in there but well thanks mate um so can you name the three players in 2009 the Magic traded for Rafer Alston was one
0: of them a centre
1: correct but I need the name
0: guy yeah I know (laughs) (laughs) alarm cord bit (laughs) yeah
2: It wasn't Tony Batty because he finished that Mm-mm. season, didn't
0: he? Mario Kassoon? No.
1: I think he was a few years before. Do yeah. um, some clues?
2: Yeah.
1: One of them we acquired from the Lakers a couple of years before. I oh, want right, s- to say, yeah, was that in the Trevor Ariza deal? didn't we it trade yeah. yeah yeah okay uh, the second one is got a bit of history with the Warriors he is a centre I think he worked for the Warriors or he did he was like Brendan uh, a, a Donald Foyle
2: Donald Foyle,
1: a yeah. Donald Foyle and the other one I've never heard of but I'll give you a clue his first name is similar to my first name <laughs> uh What position was he? I have no idea, never heard of the bloke. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna go with Kick Mike on before. him. <laughs> no, it's, a good, it's a good shout. Uh Mike Wilkes. All uh, right, yeah. He didn't Mike play Mike. Mike Wilkes. Right, I'm gonna give you one more. I'm gonna give you one more. Uh okay, so one of the more recent ones. I'll give you two more because he's pretty Yeah, these are give smaller. us two more. Right. Because you gave us that
2: awful one with uh, no player.
1: This is true. 2018, February 2018, the Magic acquired a 2018 second round pick. Can you tell me who the Magic traded for a second round pick in 2018?
2: With which team? The
1: Phoenix Suns. With whom?
2: Yeah,
3: that
1: would have been Alfred Payton. EP? EP, yep. Yeah. And then the last one, 2016, February the 18th, 2016, uh, the Magic acquired Jared Cunningham, a 2020 second round pick. I'd have to look who the 2020 second round pick would have been uh, and a trade player exception. So, who did the Magic give up to get Jared Cunningham, who I don't even think even suited up for the Magic, uh, and a 2020? Again, which team is this? This was the Cleveland Cavaliers.
2: Oh, that would
1: have been Channing Fry. Channing Fry. Channing Fry. Be. 2020 second round pick. Who would have that have been? Melvin Fraser? Without we'll working? We might have flipped it. Paul would have loved that. Uh, it's got to be somebody like that, hasn't it? Wes? <laughs> yeah.
2: No, one we no, was a Wes, couple before, Wes, Wes before yeah, was Wes was before that.
1: But uh, there we go. I thought I'd throw a stinker at you this week because uh I don't like I don't like giving G easy trivia questions. So go on, do go. one more, one more. All right, all right, hold on. Let me find it. Oh it's in the zone now. He's in the zone. <laughs> well well, he wasn't, he was still struggling. Uh okay, right. Let's go back. Let's go back. I can say the card of Cosma's up for this now. But there's no way he's <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay, right. 20, 2004, last one. February 19th, 2004, the Magic acquired Sean Rooks from the Weird. New Orleans Pelicans. Who did the Magic give up to acquire Sean Rooks? I don't
2: know. Stephen Hunter? Jerry?
1: Don't know. Keith? No, I was going to say Borgans, but no. no. Shimon Williams. Okay. That journeyman. <laughs> journeyman. There we go. I think he's enjoyed that. I did. I just like G struggling. It's funny. It's like your three-point shot, mate. Yeah.
2: Hey. I get up. He's still well on the answer, day. No, 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 no. I, the guys took a video when we were playing on Tuesday night. I knocked down a three that, um, on Tuesday, so I'll try and get you the
1: footage. How many attempts did you take, though?
2: I think it was one of three downtown on Tuesday. It was all right. Bad, as long as I've got the video of the, uh, the made one. In fact, I think I scored five points in like 30 seconds. That was about it for the whole game. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good stuff. The microwave, the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you as always for watching and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, hit that new notification button so you don't miss any future episodes. Make sure you visit our website, OrlandoMagicUK.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Orlando Magic UK. All of our links are in the description of the podcast. So from Gary. Gary, (laughs) Gary, (laughs) but Gary, Geraint, and myself. Until next time, go magic.